For everything indie. For everything indie. For everything cults. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into the post-game edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you as the Colts fall to the Commanders 17-16 on Sunday. Fall to 3-4-1 and one on the season. It was the uh, debut of Sam Ellinger, which we'll get into here in a second. And George, a lot of takeaways to get into. The defense fails to close the door at the end there as the Commanders drive down the field to score what was the eventual game-winning touchdown by Taylor Heineke. You have this offense... Getting some areas like the run game get back to life, but in the end, turnovers again fail and kind of doom this team. And again, we'll get into this debut of Sam Ellinger, but George, they make the quarterback switch. Some things in a positive way change, but it feels like it's almost yet again, we're talking about another Colts loss and the recipe for them losing, it's all almost basically the same. Yeah, it still felt like Groundhog Day to me. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Don't finish in the red zone. uh, Turn the ball over too much. Uh, offensive line not coming through on some pretty key situations, you know, a a third and goal from the inch line, uh, you know, comes to mind almost immediately. Um, Just the normal things, uh, the the margin for error for this team remains so small. Uh, It was another day where, you know, just about any little thing that could go wrong uh, just, just puts this team back too far, you know, a dropped pass, a fumble, a negative run, a holding penalty. Uh, they overcame a little bit of that today, but for the most part, uh, just the same as it's been all year long, you know, and it comes back to the same culprit. I mean, look, you benched the wrong Matt. If you ask me, Matt Pryor <laughs> was out there uh, killing the offense again. Uh, the, the line in general, um, you know, it's, it's all five of them. It's not just him. Um, he had some big penalties that come to mind right away, but really all five of them uh, just not getting it done in, in critical situations. And that's, you know, we, we've been saying it all year long, I think today was another example of you can change whatever you want until this offensive line comes together and, and, and opens up, you know, consistently lanes in the running game and gives the quarterback time to pass on a consistent basis. You're going to be what you are, which is a very inconsistent team uh, that tends to shoot itself in the foot way too often. And as you mentioned, you make the quarterback change, but really for the most part, the, the margin of error, even with an, a new quarterback, it's still, like you said, so thin where if everything doesn't go exactly your way, whether it's on a certain drive or a penalty pushes you back, you can't overcome that. Whether it's, you know, again, not forcing enough turnovers or allowing one turnover kind of be the difference or one big play doesn't go your way. Like if they can't overcome these small things, like a lot of good teams can. And like you said, you make some changes. It doesn't really matter because again, we're sitting here with another Colts loss where a lot of the same issues continue to bite them in the, uh, bite them in the butt. You mentioned turnovers, Colts lose a turnover battle. Again, what a surprise. The offensive line. You put in a more mobile quarterback, and sure, you know, Matt, uh, Sam Ellinger, excuse me, is not sacked as much as Matt Ryan and not under maybe as much pressure as Matt Ryan in, in previous weeks. But when you need to run the ball, you can't do so. You need to, you know, have, give Sam Ellinger time to throw the ball. You sh- when you got it's like those got to have it place, whether it's third down, whether it's a, a big drive. The Colts have constantly on offense, for the most part, failed to come through and make the play. And just those, you got to have a moment. Like I said, George, that, that's really where you can kind of sum up the season. Offense, defense, special teams, those big plays, those, let's say, five to ten big plays a game that do swing momentum one side or another, more times than not, the other team is the one making the play and the momentum is on their side. And that's what we're looking at right now, a team with a losing record three weeks. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you can look at today, really, you can boil it down to two of them, right? I mean, you had a, a touch pass to Michael Pittman, and I believe the third quarter might have been early in the fourth quarter. I think it was early in the fourth quarter. Uh, looks like it's a touchdown. Confetti goes off here. They put six points on the scoreboard. The referees come back in, say, no, he's down inside the one. Uh, and the very next play, you, you get your best running back, you know, the, the guy, the 1,800-yard rusher from a year ago running behind your all-pro left guard, it gets stuffed, uh, and you end up kicking a 20-yard field goal. You flip it to the other side, less than a minute to go. The, the commanders are coming into to Colts territory, and they hit a 33-yard pass to Terry McLaurin, who wrestles the ball away from an all-pro cornerback at Stephon Gilmore, who was in position, made a great play on the ball, and then you you win the game on a one-yard sneak. And to me, it's it, there it is right there. The Colts, you know, knocking on the doorstop, doorstep at the three, find a way not to get in, kick a field goal instead. The, the commanders at their own 34 make a big play and then finish it off with the quarterback sneak. There you go. You know, I mean, you flip those those four plays, I guess, on their heads and, and we're having a, a different conversation. I don't want to say a very different conversation right now because I feel like even when it looked like the Colts might win this game, it, it felt more like a Denver win than, than necessarily something that was going to be uh, really firing this team up and that we would feel like, hey, they've turned a corner and they're going to make a run at the playoffs. Um, but those four games definitely changed the outcome or those four plays definitely change the outcome of the game. And it's, again, another close loss. So you lose by one point. Like I said, even just one of those plays goes your way. It could be a whole different ballgame. The Colts likely win. But you kind of hit the nail on the head, too. Even if the Colts won this game, the Denver feeling is 100 spot on because you're watching this game. It doesn't feel good. You don't feel a lot of excitement or, or a lot of optimism when you watch this team, especially on offense. Obviously, the big change they made this week was bringing in Sam Ellinger to replace Matt Ryan. And honestly, George... I would say he played pretty well considering the circumstances. He goes 17 to 23, 201 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Did, though, of course, which is customary for Colts quarterbacks, did have a fumble, did lose that fumble, sacked twice, and did run the ball six times for 15 yards. I would say, all things considered, Sam Ellinger played pretty well and kind of gave you what you needed, especially in the passing game. You mentioned before the nice deep bomb to Alec Pierce, the biggest passing play of the season so far. And it's still not enough to win the game. And it's still not enough to even give this offense any sort of life where you, again, we're sitting here talking about an offense scored 16 points. They're one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And even when you get a pretty good game from a guy in Sam Ellinger, you really did not know what was going to happen and how he's going to play. It still doesn't translate into touchdowns and it still doesn't translate into an offense that's exciting to watch or really gives a defense really much to fear. No, I mean, I, I look at it. I think you got probably the best case scenario from, from Sam today, 17 of 23, like you said, 201 yards, uh, the 47-yard completion to, to Alec Pierce. Uh, didn't turn the ball over except for the one time, which was a big one. I mean, it was down in – both in the of red those zone. fumbles were in the red zone. You know, both those fumbles were inside the 20, and, and again, you just can't do that. In that sense, it reminds me of the Tennessee loss here, the one at home where you had, you know, two drives uh, inside the 20, and, and you fumble, and you come away with no points, and then a couple more drives – where you were in range to maybe finish with a touchdown and you settle for a field goal. Uh, that's a lot of points left on the board uh, in a game you lost by one. So obviously that's going to, that's going to haunt this team, but I really feel like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you expected from Sam Ellinger today. I and mean, my bar was very low. Uh, I think he came out and, and he probably was, was best case scenario. He, he gave you a couple first downs with his legs. That's one thing that they wanted to see. He rushed for a couple uh first downs and, 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 you know, converted a couple third downs that way. 
Um, he, he, there were five plays of 20 yards or more. One of those was his 47 yard pass. I think he had a 38 yard completion as well. I want to say to, uh, Paris Campbell, that was a kind of a, a short pass that the Campbell took off mm-hmm. on. Um, you know, they, they got a little gimmicky at, at one point with the run game. They had a 28 yard rush from Paris Campbell during that, that also seemed to help open up Taylor for a 27 yard run which is his biggest run of the year. And then they also had a 22 yard completion to Hines. So I think you got some explosive plays. You got what you wanted from him uh, with the exception of the fumble, but you still didn't finish in the red zone. And at the end of the day, even with a best case scenario kind of situation from him, you came into the game averaging 16.1 points, which is the 30th ranked in, in the league. And you scored 16 points. Nothing changed. You got the best case scenario. You switch your quarterbacks <laughs> and nothing changed. Nothing changed whatsoever, and it's like, let's at least start with the positives for Sam Ellinger. Like you mentioned, he's more efficient than I, at least I anticipated. He really didn't put the ball in harm's way, which I was not expecting whatsoever, especially from a guy making his first start who's a project, basically, and, and is still in the infancy stages of his development, to still be a good decision maker and, and make, for the most part, throws that were you know only going to be caught by Colts receivers and really did not give a, a commander secondary a chance to make a play and flip the game. Commend him there, credit there. I will say I was more surprised with how much he actually was in the pocket. Like I really thought, and we kind of, you know, mentioned you, you know, you had Marcus Brady earlier this week kind of talking about how they want to emphasize the rollout game and, you know, play action boots and kind of get them rolling outside the pocket. I really assumed that was where he was going to be throwing most of the time. And the fact that he was basically, you know, making a lot of his throws from the pocket, there were off the top of my head, very minimal um, rollouts and boots. It was a lot of straight drop packs. I was surprised, and to Sam's credit, he handled it for the most part pretty like I said, it was one of the best-case scenarios, but he was accurate. He showed you know, his arm strength on a nice 47-yard deep ball, a nice touch, too, to Alec Pierce, give him a chance. And like I said, he was good with a short game. It's it's so frustrating in a sense because, like I said, it, it all things considered, it was a pretty good debut, and he did a lot of things that I was not expecting, but then at the same time, we're sitting here again talking about a, a 16-point effort. Yep. No, and it tells you there wasn't the quarterback that was holding him back. You got everything right. that you wanted – to see from him, everything they talked about this week that, that they thought they might get from him, they got, uh, and maybe a little more. And, you know, it still didn't result in, in any kind of major change. It didn't, didn't result in, in a win for one thing, which was the most important outcome. And it didn't result in, in the offense suddenly coming to life and, and putting a lot of points on the board. They were right where they've been again, right at their average. You can't score 0.1 points. So they were right at their <laughs> average, uh, you know, for, for the season, um, I, I told you this before we came on the air. I, I feel like I've gone in a time machine. I've gone back to 2019. Uh, the game plan was very similar to what we saw when Jacoby Brissett was here. Um, I don't know. You know, I like to say hiding the quarterback. You can couch that however you want, um, you know, helping him, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. But it was a very conservative game plan. I think you saw it in a couple times in particular. They got the ball with 32 seconds left in the half deep in their own territory, undoubtedly, took a knee. Crowd wasn't real happy about that. I think that was one thing that told you that that they were a little more conservative than they have been. But again, you know, the last possession they have before they fall behind there at the end, 16 to 10 lead, you got 247 to go. Ellinger had just come up short on a third and five, knee hit the ground right before he got to the first down marker. Fourth and inches. Two things about that. Most years, Frank Wright goes for that. I know they're way back there, and it's, you know, but that most years he's going to go for that, try to run some more time off. Doesn't trust his offensive line. That's one reason they didn't do that. And, and don't blame him. He said in the postgame that he did consider it. One of the things that he took into consideration was that they had just failed 
on third and inches at the goal line. So you feel here you're going to basically hand them, you know, gift wrap them the, the go-ahead touchdown, and the punt was the right play. And Matt Hawk, by the way, terrible game last week at Tennessee, came back, really good game today, 56-yard punt there, pinned them at their own 11, did everything right on that thing. But the two plays before that, the first and second down on that same series that ends with the punt, you're just running the ball twice up the middle. I I didn't see a lot of faith. Look, Ellinger played well. He played, you know, probably did most of the things they wanted him to do. But that drive, you don't try to, to throw the ball. You need to pick up a first down or two, and you're probably going to run out the clock. You don't try to throw the ball at all. You end up with a scramble that, that fails. And in those red zone drives that we're talking about that ended with field goals, not a single pass attempt into the end zone. So you're trying to – I go back to this all the time. The, the interceptions are, are something that we get talked about a lot. You know, Matt Ryan threw nine of them. He threw some terrible interceptions. There's no question about that. But one of the biggest defenses last year for Carson Wentz was 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Well, that's great. But if you're not taking risks and you're not scoring down in the red zone as he wasn't doing, I don't care that you didn't throw an interception today. You also didn't throw a touchdown, and you only put 16 points on the board. I'm not – sorry, I'm not impressed. I'm with you too because it's that I'm glad you brought the conservative nature because that's really what it felt like it like and it's it's clear I I thought George we both were on this spot on from the start when we did our emergency pod on Monday when it was announced that Matt Ryan was getting benched for Sam Ellinger and we were kind of questioning or wondering who's kind of the ringleader behind this decision we both were like it's probably Jim Irsay this feels like a Jim Irsay move and I think you're right I think the the play calling and the lack of aggressors from Frank Reich whether it is down by the goal line or is you know later on in the game. When you're trying to ice it away, it's clear he does not trust Sam Ellinger. Frank Wright does not trust Sam Ellinger whatsoever. And that's why you got a very vanilla game plan for the most part. There was not many risks and very un-Frank Reich-like um, so far this season. Like That's been, I think, if you can have one theme for his five years, at least offensively, kind of his personality-wise, he's, he's an aggressive guy. He's going to skew more towards the aggressive side than, let's say, playing not to lose. You know, he's the guy who plays to win, and I respect that. Because like I said, it does have your faults. Like, you know, you go back to the Texans game a few years ago, goes for an overtime on his own, what, 22-yard line, doesn't get in, gifts wrap, you know, gives the Texans a win right there. But that's who he is. He's going to win with his guys, going to lose with his guys. And this is the first time in a long time, George, where you really truly feel like he had zero faith in whether it's a quarterback, like you mentioned, the offensive line, rightfully. So, like, I can't sit here and get mad at Frank Reich for being conservative when he's not like – you. I would not be able to trust Sam Ellinger, no disrespect to him. And I would not be able to trust, like I said, the offensive line because you're, you're seeing that anytime you need them to run the ball or make a play when it matters the most, they can't do it. And if you can't, yeah. like, it, it, then it's just, what else are you going to do? Like, you're just going to bang your head against the wall and say, well, we're just going to keep trying something that's not working? No. Like I said, you take a chance with your defense winning the game. They didn't do so. They didn't come up clutch. And we'll get, you know, to them in a little bit later on. But it's hard to get mad at Frank Reich. Hard to blame this loss on Frank Reich because, again, he has no real reason to trust the offensive line and the quarterback right now. Absolutely. And I I think it was the right call. I mean, look, they, they did that conservative game plan. I think it was their best chance to win the game. They, I think they felt that coming in, and, and it almost worked. You know, it, it would have worked had you finished a couple drives uh, in the red zone or had the defense come up with a big stop there at the end of the game. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about when we were talking about best-case scenario and how they got a lot of what they wanted from Sam Ellinger, not a great running day. Not, you know, not back to the 200 yard days, not, not, not the, the Colts bully days again, but they get 135 yards on 29 carries. They average 4.7 yards a carry. That's not a bad day. No one's going to complain about that. Jonathan Taylor was 76 yards on 16 carries, which is his second best day of the year. Again, you know, when we talked on, uh, on the pre 
preview pod about what needed to happen for them to win. Most of that happened today. They didn't get a score on defense, but Shaq Leonard handed them, you know, a field goal. Right. Um, or gave, you know, hand what became a touchdown. So uh, right. it, ultimately um, so many things went right, but I, I still, I feel it like it's, like I said, I feel like it's 2019 all over again. When Jacoby Brissett was here, you've got a quarterback who is what he is. He's going to be efficient. He's going to, you know, try to make plays when they're there. He's going to protect the football, but he's also not going to come out in the fourth quarter and, you know, make that, that throw that, that runs out the clock or, or make that big play in the red zone uh, that, that gets you the touchdown and wins you the game. And it's like for fans, because I know it's still early in the season, you know, you're going into this game, you're three, three and one. So there's a chance that I thought, oh, you know, there's still, depending on how Sam Ellinger plays, you could still make a run for the playoffs. We were talking about the poll that we did. It was basically 60, 40. I believe Tank was the the leader, but again, it's almost pretty split to for the fans that wanted to either, you know, lose many games for the draft pick or try to win and make a playoff run with Sam Ellinger. And again, when you're talking about a best case scenario for Sam Ellinger for the most part, the running game improved. We talked about this being a Jonathan Taylor game. Again, 76 yards is to Jonathan Taylor's standards, let's say not a great game. But like I said, from what we've seen outside of the Texans game week one, that was a great game considering the circumstances and considering the offensive line he's running behind so far this season. So you get kind of two checks there from quarterback and running back uh, playing pretty well. And it's still, we're sitting here uh, talking about whether it's the defense, again, turnovers, offensive line, like you still can't win the game. So this team is not very good. And again, you mentioned it. It's not the quarterback. Like you can blame Matt Ryan and his turnovers are a major issue for sure. And sometimes his decision uh, decision making, absolutely. But the fact is like this team is bad all around. They they have not played commentary football. They have not put together really two good quarters. Like I'm trying to think, George, they have not put a full team effort the offense, defense, special teams of even two quarters together. And we are basically halfway through the year, eight games in out of 17. Like this team is just not good. And it's a, no. it's a shame because the names, um, the accolades that have with the individual players, the sum should be pretty high. And right now, collectively, everyone is playing below their caliber. And it's leading to what right now is just a, a flat out bad football team. Yeah, I think that's that's the bottom line at the end of the day. Sam Ellinger, hats off to him. He came out and he, he played about as well as you could expect him to play. Uh, took care of the football, got some explosive plays mixed in, helped that running game open up. And you still, at the end of the day, the bottom line is your offense still wasn't good enough. You know, it obviously wasn't good enough to win the game today. And it's not good enough to win many games in this. You're not going to win very many times with 16 points. I mean, that's just, you know, that's why 16.1 is 30th in the league on the season. You know, it, it, the offense is not good enough. And, and it comes back to what we were talking about before, inconsistency that, that starts up front with the offensive line. It continues with, you know, shooting yourself in the foot, you know, in the red zone, whether that's penalties, whether it's turnovers, uh, whether it's just settling for a field goal when when you need to get a touchdown. You know, Naheem Hines said it best down there in the locker room right after the game. And he said, they if they score one more touchdown, one drive, one of those drives ends with the touchdown, we're having a different conversation with them th- than the one we were having tonight. It's, it's very simple. And again, I feel like every single week we're talking about one or two extra plays that could go the Colts way. And we're talking about a team that again, could be six and two, you know, five and three. It's so they, you don't make the plays. And even sometimes they have, you know, closed out games and it's been, you know, they are one of the best, ironically fourth quarter teams in all the NFL go figure, but unfortunately they're one of the worst, you know, teams in terms of the first three quarters where they're eight for eight in terms of trailing at halftime. They've trailed up to the third quarter, every single game. So again, you're, you're talking about, putting yourself in a position to succeed when you consistently get up to slow starts. And again, we'll, we'll say this about Matt Ryan. 
that the Colts offense and usually really just most of the offense will say sometimes the defense too gets off to slow starts and you make the quarterback change supposed to get that spark of life. And still we're sitting here talking about an offense that scored three points in the first half. And you're again, you're losing because you can't get anything sort of going here. It's just, it's maddening Georgia. It's frustrating. But like I said, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I think that's one of the best uh, ways to describe right now, especially this Colts offense, because you can switch, you can change. It, it doesn't do anything. Um, when we do returning in the Blue Horseshoe Pot, I do want to mention one thing that I did like a lot on Sunday that I, that I hope the Colts can use more often. We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 